are tuned into CFCR 90.5 FM. It's time for the nerdy news. It's Punch Radio, and you have Joey and Dave in the studio here. Hello. And we will hear from Brennan and Craig and Hank a little later. Brennan's going to talk about Sask Expo, do a little wrap-up on what the weekend was like. Craig and Hank are going to talk quite a bit about the writer's strike. They've got a couple other shows that they're going to pepper in there as well, so it's not all just, you know, political stuff. But uh, there's uh, a lot of repercussions that happen when there's a big strike in the entertainment industry like this. And a lot of those repercussions are nerdy. They absolutely are very nerdy. Uh, what we're going to talk about is uh, we're going to talk about a book first and then we're going to talk about some comics a little bit later. But before we do that, I want to give a shout out to all the people who made Free Comic Book Day such an amazing success. An event like this does not go on easily. There's a lot of planning and preparation that go into it and then the execution on the day of is also exhausting uh, but worth every little bit because you get to introduce people to comics which is one of the greatest things in the world and you get to see kids sometimes getting their first comic for the first time and they're taking stuff home and making discoveries so it's kind of an amazing thing to be part of at amazing stories this year I, I don't even know how many thousands of comics and prizes and stuff that we gave out over the, the course of the day. The tally has yet to be uh, made up. But I just want to say thank you to all the artists who came out. We had 10 different artists who were part of our Artists Alley. We had another 10 volunteers from Foundations, which is the new name of Reed Saskatoon. And we did a fundraiser for them and all the money went to, to their good cause for literacy in our city. To Totally Rad, who brought their little fingerboards, and uh, Shaw, Zoltar. We had so much fun. There were so many people working hard to make sure that the thousands of people who came had an awesome and seamless time. So thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who worked hard and thank you to everybody who came out. It was really windy. It was a gritty day. <laughs> so there was a challenge to keep all the books from flying away, but I think we, we did it with uh, uh, without too much difficulty. It almost brings a, a new meaning to free comic books. <laughs> free the books. Set them free. If they come back, they're yours. Yeah. All right. So we're good for another year. 360 rough days before the next one. Okay, awesome. So what I want to talk about today is a book that one of my favorite customers recommended. And this doesn't happen very often. Like I get the joy of recommending stuff to people all the time. And it is a high, like especially when they come back and they really dug something. But every once in a while, they'll come back to me with something that I haven't heard of. And today I got a copy of Tinderella. And this one is by M.S. Harkness. She is a graphic novelist. I've uh, been working for the last few years. Tinderella was uh, the first book that they did, then came out with Desperate Pleasures in 2020. And then sometime this fall, we're going to see a new one come out called Time Under Tension. And it's the story of a gal who's just looking to hook up, a little bit lonely, you know, trying to find a meaningful relationship. She's into fitness. She likes to work out. And actually, the, the author is a weightlifter in real life. So I think this is very autobiographical. And uh, yeah, uses Tinder, meets some people. 
it's a tough world to navigate. I will, I, I feel sorry for her, but like she does it with good humor and it has a, a style of art that I really like. It's black and white. It's funny. It's, it's compelling and uh, it, I really enjoyed it. And it put me in, in mind of a couple of other books, uh, Walter Scott's Wendy series and Julia Wirtz. Uh, I love her books. Uh, she did Fart Party, The Infinite Weight, Drinking at the Movies, other things, and she is amazing. Wendy focuses more on a gal's struggle to become an artist, to find meaning in her art. And he was here a couple of years ago. Walter Scott came and did a thing at the Reme. Oh, and... it was amazing. A live comic book reading. Yeah. Panels without dialogue on the projector actors performing the dialogue live yeah it was awesome we might never get to see something like that again i think we will and if not then we should do it ourselves because it really was super cool fun reads those are all really good quite light i would say a little lighter compared to tinderella but uh not, not as dark as julia wirtz julia wirtz is sometimes is super crazy wacky funny goofy but then other times is very dark, especially when she is uh, talking about her alcohol addiction. Mm. Um, so it goes places. But meaningful, relatable, beautiful stories with really compelling protagonists. I can't wait to read Tinderella because you're putting it in some really good company here with Wendy and Fart Party. It does deserve it. And I hadn't heard of her before. So thank you, Riley, for putting her on my radar. I am going to track down Desperate Pleasures next. And then, uh, yeah, definitely going to order myself a copy of Time Under Tension when it comes out this fall. I'm just impressed that there's comic, there are comic books you haven't heard of. Or... There are so many comic books I haven't heard of. I try to keep my finger on the pulse, but like, it's a big world. Yeah, it's a big pulse. It is, absolutely. Okay, we're gonna throw things over now to uh, Craig and Hank, and then we will hear from Brennan, and then we're gonna talk about a couple brand new comics that just came out this week. So take it away, fellas. Hey everybody, it's Craig Siliphant on Punch Radio on CFCR 90.5 FM. And I am joined, as always, by my good friend, Hank Cruz, who I notice has gotten past the suffering of the uh, sunburn he had on his shaved head and now is able to finally shave his head again. You were starting to look like a bit of a hippie there on the weekend. No, you, see, uh, you see this right here? Uh, this would be the first real tan my noggins had in several years. So uh, way early, like a tan in May on the <laughs> noggin. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, but well, just remember, you're you giving me some good tips. as a warning. Don't let the same thing happen to you. That okay, kitties and all you that look like Picard out there. Okay. Yeah, I Unscreen. feel that. I look like Picard now too, so I gotta, I gotta, I gotta pay attention to your follies and and learn from them. <laughs> what do you want to talk about today? Okay, Rabbit Hole. I mentioned it uh, when we watched the first episode. It's the uh, thriller on Paramount uh, that has Kiefer Sutherland on right. there. It ended episode eight, and you know what? I would recommend it for everybody. I think it was a fantastic show. It is, uh, the plot was just, just on the edge of being complicated for some people in my family, but everybody stayed, uh, stayed with it to know what was going on. But, uh, if you like a good espionage, like a government conspiracy thriller, and of course with Kiefer Sutherland being Jack Bauer, except he can actually like use real profanities instead of just damn it all the time, uh, right. then check it out. Paramount Plus, the whole season's up there now. Then I uh, checked out the first episode of Bupkiss with uh, Pete Davidson. Yeah, now, which it's, looks uh, interesting. 
it's uh, hitting the uh, Canadian airwaves uh, soon here, but I managed to get a uh, uh, see the first episode. And uh, what it really is, is Pete Davidson's life, except uh, heightened to the extreme. So some of it's real, some of it is not. He's kind of been in a project like this before, where it's kind of like his character. But uh, so far, I LOL'd uh, numerous times. And what made me really happy is that Joe Pesci is in it. And uh, he is fantastic. And I haven't seen him in anything in a long time. So very cool. So I look forward to the rest of the episodes. There's eight of those that are coming out. Who's and, the female lead? In, isn't there a female lead in that? that maybe uh, uh, So Edie Falco uh, plays his mom. Right. And then his sister is somebody that, for the life of me, I recognize but I can't place her and I don't know what other uh, things she's been in. Like Brad Garrett's in it too. Uh, there's a lot of uh, quick like cameos like uh, Ray Romano's in there and um, John Stewart's in there. And it's, uh, yeah, there's uh, so far really good. And it looks like it's flashing back to his childhood and then uh, in, in the present right now. But it's uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. So it's, it takes it up to 50 in some of the scenes. So Ray Romano? Ray Romano's yeah. on that show? I like Ray Romano. <laughs> Whoa. I don't really like Ray Romano, but well, no, you don't. Okay, well, he's only in it for a few minutes. You're okay. You're okay. So keep watching. Everybody loves Raymond, though. (laughs) No, they don't actually. I never (laughs) watched that show. The uh, other thing that uh, the show that my wife and my daughter and I watch, uh, SWAT, which comes on uh, Friday nights, uh, because of Hondo, and then there was an episode with Hondo on a horse, and it was like the most majestic television episode of all time. Well, on, uh, I think, Friday, they announced that they're going to cancel SWAT and not renew it for season seven. And uh... I saw that, and the internet went into an uproar. A friend, People got into a tizzy, Craig. They were in a tizzy about it. And it was all about money because their ratings actually went up. There was more people watching this season than last year. And it came down to licensing between Sony and uh, the one other studio. And it was a whole, but out of the fan backlash, the fans made it happen that CBS reached a deal. And yesterday it was renewed for a final season for 13 episodes. So everything's okay. But what I'm worried about now is that with the writer strike, when is season seven going to come out, right? Because this whole writer strike thing, what's up with that? Yeah, the writer strike. So I've been following that pretty closely. We'll see what happens with that. I mean, it's obviously starting to affect things already. The late night shows all went on hiatus a week or two ago. I don't know if they all did that last time. I seem to remember Conan O'Brien like trying to fill time without writers on his show, which was funny because it was Conan, but And then, you know, we'll see how it affects some of these big streamers and stuff. I think some of them are in a better position. Netflix is probably in a pretty good position. They've got obviously already a depth of a catalog uh, and then also all kinds of like uh, global acquisitions they can use where someone like Apple is going to be in a lot more trouble because they don't have all that stuff. And they they sort of are, you know, they they have a smaller stable of content. But if you want to know what's going on with it, it's basically the writers are trying to put forth there's been a lot of changes in the industry, obviously, in the last 10, 15 years when when streaming came to pass. So if you were a writer 15, 20 years ago, you know, you worked in a writer's room, your show probably was a 22 episode arc. So you had a job for the year. Uh, You know, maybe that show might last a few years, Uh, you know, obviously, in the case of SWAT, six, seven years. And then, you know, maybe you'd be lucky enough to go on to the next show or in the writer's room, you would learn, right? You might become a showrunner. Now, you also got residuals. Your show is big or goes into syndication or has big numbers. You know, you get paid more money. And so where we've come to now is that these writers 
are like these shows are like what six to 12 episodes most of the time now they're shrinking these writers rooms so that they have to like pay less people some people like that like taylor sheridan who who does the yellowstone universe doesn't want to work with a writer's room he just writes everything himself basically uh, or somebody like mike white from the white lotus but you know for the most part there's eleven thousand uh, plus writers uh, in hollywood doing film and television and all kinds of other stuff uh, that are on strike now and so they can no longer afford like a living wage anymore right like it's it's turned from this thing that you can have a career in to basically a side hustle gig economy thing uh they don't know the streaming companies don't release numbers so they don't know you know, if you're on Stranger Things or something, you might know that that's a hit show, but you don't know to what degree. And if you're on a smaller show that's still, you know, potentially a hit, you don't know, you know, what that show's worth and what you thusly should be worth too. And so these companies are making huge money. You know, the, the CEO of uh, Warner Brothers, I think made like $250 million last year. So Ooh. like a quarter of a billion dollars. And so that all gets done on the back of these writers though, right? That are writing all this content. So that's a big part of it. I mean, I'm not going into super detail, but and then the AI thing is another part of it too, where like they're trying to put guardrails on this thing that like chat GPT can just like start writing scripts or whatever. Uh, and ultimately that's a whole other conversation we should have another time. But, you know, they're just trying to say what, you know, what, what they don't want is for the AI to write scripts or to write or rewrite scripts based on existing properties. So like if you're doing a Dracula reboot or something, the, the AI shouldn't be able to write that. What we should be using it for, and I'm sure many artists would agree, not just Hollywood writers, is it can be a tool for things like research, perhaps even idea generation, you know, things like that, as opposed to it's actually writing the thing. And so, of course, you know, that's just another potential way that like these the studios can just squeeze these writers out completely. And I would say like right now it's the writers in Hollywood. That's a canary in a coal mine, though. Uh, you know, next it's it's the the line workers job at the, the auto plant or whatever. Right. Like wherever they can fit this thing in to to, to wreak havoc that's what they're going to do. So we'll see where this goes. The last strike was in, it started in 2007, lasted 100 days into 2008. And I'm sure you remember the, the content drought, the proliferation of reality shows at that time, because they didn't need to be scripted, uh, which I don't think they can get away with doing that again this time. So, but the, the studios are not playing reality so far, shows far. aren't scripted. <laughs> yeah, well, mm. Some of them, <laughs> some of them more than others, I'm sure. But, uh, but you know, you can get away with making them without scripting them. Uh, but of so, course, uh, like you and I, we support the writers because without yes. writers, well, you have no content. So you I can't agree. have the show without the writers. And that is uh, what you said there, uh, where like the streaming, they don't even know how many people are even watching. And you're like, well, without me, you guys wouldn't have had 100 billion views. So like, I need more money and no yeah, residuals or royalties anymore. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So uh, and I, you know, I would even argue on the AI front. Hey, maybe AI can write some good stuff someday. I, I don't know. I mean, probably it will. It's technology. It'll 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 come. And I think it's going to come. It's going to be way more changing to the world than the internet was. And people don't understand that yet, mostly. But like, it's, it's a thing and it's going to change how we do everything. But, you know, in terms of art, I think most artists could agree, whether you're a writer or a painter or whatever you do, that it's, you know, we're telling human stories. And so you have something happen to you and you write a story about it. I read that story and it gives me an insight to your soul and to, to our humanity collectively. And so, sure, maybe an AI can uh, ape that to some degree, but really art should be for humanity, really, uh, and, and the way to tell our story. So 
we'll see what happens with all of this. And I'm sure we'll keep, you know, keep everybody abreast of the situation, but that's our time. We got to throw back to Jody. So for now it's, it's really Hank and I, not the AI versions of us. And, and we'll see you next week. The AI versions of us will be hat. <laughs> Skynet's coming. Hello, punch listeners. It is Brennan here once again to help lead you down the way for all the fandom that you need to know. That's right. We are here to educate. We are here to give you ideas. We are here to change your lives. We are here to give you suggestions and maybe even lead you down artistic paths you did not know were possible. Now, last week, I talked about the Calgary Expo and the upcoming Free Comic Book Day. This week is part two to that conversation. That's right. I'm going to be talking about what actually happened at Free Comic Book Day as well as the Saskatoon Expo. I went from the Calgary Expo to Saskatoon. I had a chance to be part of both of them. The slight difference in Saskatoon, I got to be involved in two panels. That's right. Myself, a.k.a. Major Party, and spoiler alert, don't tell anyone else. Major Party is me, and I am Major Party. I am the same person, just in different characters. But that is only for Punch listeners to know. Besides that, that is top secret. That does not go past this podcast slash radio show slash purveyor of all the nerdy news you need to know. So here's what you need to know. The weekend of Free Comic Book Day in Saskatoon Expo discovered, turned out, not discovered, I turned out, well, I did discover to be an extremely busy day for me. 10 o'clock in the morning with Punch TV, I was there at Amazing Stories to talk to some of the great local creators from Saskatoon, showing their comics, talking about the new projects and all the new exciting things that they had to display and to sell. From there, I was done by about 10.30, 22 I went straight to Prairieland Park so I could do my first panel of the day. That's right. Major Party got to interview Pat Masterani, who is better known as Joey Jeremiah from Degrassi Junior High. I had the chance to talk to Joey Jeremiah, and it was a great conversation. At first, I wasn't sure how he would feel if he'd want to talk about his later work, if he'd want to talk about Degrassi, but he showed up wearing a fedora and a vest. And he embraces the Degrassi. He knows where his fandom is from. He knows what made his career. And he leans into it. The best part of the interview is I found a news article from 1986 from, um, I believe it was Time or People magazine. I couldn't find the, the, the source because when I went back to find it, I couldn't find it online. And I asked him what he remembered from the article. He remembered nothing, except we discovered he was misquoted. Because in this article, he says that he wanted to be an astronomer when he got older. And he said, no, I want to be an archaeologist. So she misquoted me. So there we go. We dug up some news from 1986 about a misquote that had never been revealed before. So I felt like I had done some really strong investigative journalism. In the afternoon, I got to talk to Allison Lee Rosenfeld who does the voice for such characters such as Nurse Joy and Bonnie on Pokemon. She did Polly Pocket. She's Strawberry Shortcake. And she was a delight to talk to. It was her first time in Canada, and she was literally there for the day. She flew in Friday night, was there for the con all day Saturday, and then I think had to fly out Saturday night. So she was there for a whirlwind trip. So much fun. 
She even engaged me in a little bit of play on stage. I have my own major party action figure that was created for me, and I found her a strawberry shortcake. I actually bought someone's whole collection of strawberry shortcakes just so I could get a strawberry shortcake. And I had major party, mini major party, because it's like the 12-inch action figure of me actually interview strawberry shortcake. And of course, she went into the voice. She was uh, so accommodating. I asked her beforehand, I said, would you mind if we did this? And she was all over it. She thought it was such a fun idea. Uh, so many insightful things to talk about voiceover and the career and how it changed over COVID. Uh, such a delight, and I really hope she comes back. So make sure you check out Pokemon and Strawberry Shortcake and Polly Pocket. Uh, she's done over 170 voices, over 75 or 76 episodes. Very prolific, a wonderful human being. Make sure you check out her work. I then had a chance to go through the trade show, went to the cosplay corner, talked to Kid Remington, Kelly Claus Cosplay, uh, the other cosplayers that were there, um, just about what it's like and what a positive atmosphere and positive energy it is to be part of the cosplay community. I got a chance to talk to a vendor from Lloyd Minster that runs his own smaller con to try to create that culture there. I talked to some amazing artists that do amazing things in crochet. It was such a nice time. I tried to talk to Donnie Sparrow, but he was too busy. He was working, he was working the whole time. I did get a chance to talk to him. It was such a great year this year. It felt so positive. The atmosphere was fun. Um, and I really hope that as Saskatoon, we come together and we continue to support the Sask Expo so it can continue to grow and be bigger year after year after year. This is Brennan saying I'll talk to you soon, Saskatoon. All right. Thanks, guys. Sounds like Brennan had a fun weekend. That was good. Yeah. I had a fun weekend, too. So two books that came out this week. Uh, the first one is called Ghost Lore. It's Cullen Bunn's new horror. And the next one is called Something Epic. And this one is uh, created, written, illustrated by Simon Kudransky. And they're both dark. Yeah, I liked both of these number ones a lot. Yeah, I, I did too. So Ghost Lore is a, a little more typical of like Cullen Bunn's work. He's been doing like a lot of different horror stuff. He's super prolific. It's illustrated by Leo Max, uh, who is, I think, Spanish, does a lot of European comics and uh, really good. This is about, well, a minister's family. Yeah, and they get into a little car accident, and then it is revealed something has happened in this community that was kind of a secret, and there's like some creepy goodness that's that's right in their backyard. Yeah, it starts out feeling like it's going to be a religious horror. Then mm -hmm. it starts to let you feel like maybe it's going to be a vehicular horror, and then it does kind of turn into something else at the back of the number one. More of a supernatural horror presence emerges in this comic. Yeah, I'm curious to see where this goes. Uh, you might have seen Leo Mack's art in Basket Full of Heads, which is on the DC Black Label and is pretty fun, actually. It goes a lot of directions because, yeah, you have a tranquil church and then you have, like, grisly, weird, red, creepy monster thing. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, I, I, I feel like this number one is letting us know that nothing is nothing is sacred in, nope. this, in this world. So. Absolutely not. But I, I do like how like it creates different levels of reality with the coloring, you know, with mm. with the inking. You, you absolutely know what's in the real world, what is maybe 
projected as another layer that normally we don't see, uh, but is there. Yeah, even though we started out talking about how great the story is, like, I mean, it, it, it wouldn't stay afloat without the great artwork. And yeah, you kind of know where you are and what you're doing just based on the style that it's drawn in, yeah. which is pretty ambitious for a number one. Very ambitious. So I'm very curious to see where this one goes. Speaking of ambitious. Holy smokes. Something epic is something epic. It is very talky. A lot of dialogue and narrative. And it is about a young boy who has a very good imagination. And it, it's almost like reading an essay about imagination and like where our brains can take us and this little youngster he's got his work cut out for him because he's growing up with not a lot of supervision and he's trying to navigate the world where he sees stuff that the rest of us don't yeah this is the one that's written and illustrated by the same person right yes and yeah it brings in a lot of different artistic styles when you're peering through this boy's imagination it's kind of sim cinematic in the mm -hmm. way that it's presented and drawn. Yeah. And it really is like a unified vision between the words and the art. It doesn't surprise me at all that they're coming from the same person. And uh, like this would actually be a great read if there was no art in it at all. It's a really well-written treatise on the human imagination. But the art is fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's a case where... It brings the best of comics together because you get great writing, you get great art, they're balanced perfectly, and they really work together to tell an interesting story. There are, there are panels where it looks like photography, where it's just so real, and then others where it's fantasy, totally, because that is what he is imagining. Yeah, I'm very excited to read more of this and to, to see what, what else uh, comes forward. Simon Kudransky uh, also did art on Nita Hayes' Nightmare Blog, Spawn, and A Town Called Terror, which was written by Steve Niles. So he's got his chops in horror. This is interesting. Very curious. Yeah, it... it kind of took me back to reading Ready Player One a little bit, sure. being trapped in the mind of this imaginative narrator, a, a younger a younger narrator in something epic than in Ready Player One. But uh, I love that book, and this comic feels like it might be kind of in the same sort of vibe. Okay, well, I'll sign this up. I'll put it on my pull list, and we'll see where it goes. So Beautiful. we will report further in a month's time. So, um, yeah, hopefully you've uh, had some recommendations today, and uh, you know where to find more here every Friday on CFCR at 6 p.m. And in the meantime, keep your dukes up.